If you'll please take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Again, this Advent season we have been looking at light piercing the darkness. And so we have looked back in the Old Testament as light has been prophesied and promised. We've looked how it has been pondered by Mary and Joseph and then proclaimed last week by the angels. And then this week we have light that will be praised by the angels. And so we live in a time and during the time of the year as well where we see a number of nativity scenes and we have nativity plays. And again, the question is, if you're a boy, um, what parts are you looking for? So if you wore kind of the, the captain, if you're the good looking kid, if you're the smart one, sometimes you got to play the part of Joseph, the quintessential Christmas story part, right? Then, if you were kind of uh, smart and nerdy, then you probably got the wise men part. Sometimes people got some angels mixed in, depending on what kind of church you went to, but sometimes that was just girls that got to play the angel part, because they only had Mary. And then the rest of the people got to play shepherds. Now, again, we kind of clean it up, and you can come over to our little crash over here the manger scene and you can see the shepherd looks really nice but the reality was the shepherds were stinky people who were outsiders the reality at this time is the sheep keeping has become an industry it's big business because if you remember back in the old testament back with passover uh, they started off by bringing a lamb into your individual home and you raised it for the week before you killed it go ahead and answer that's okay you would take it and you would um, raise it and then you would take it and sacrifice it but you did that as an individual family well now it's become such an industry that the shepherds are outside of the city and they're raising multiple sheep and it's just a thing where you go you pick a sheep you go to the temple you sacrifice this and it's done it's become very very um impersonal So this is an industry that's happening right now. And so the people who are a part of this industry are the shepherds and they are people who are considered to be thieves. There's uh, no marking on sheep during these days. There's no little uh, things that are put in there that you can scan to make sure it's your sheep. There's no branding typically at this point in time. So people had a tendency to go out and because it's an industry, the more sheep you have, the more money you make. And so they would go out and they would take sheep from other people's pens or other people's things. And then they were known as liars, Because when confronted, they would lie about it so much so that they're not even allowed to give testimony in court at this period in time because they are considered to be so untrustworthy. And they're unclean by what they do and who they are. They are not allowed to come and be a part of religious things because they are unclean and they are stinky people. And they are considered to be the low of the low. So why... Would God announce the birth of his son to those people? Why? See, one pastor says this is the proof for him why he believes that this is not a made-up story. Because if we would have made it up, we would have chosen Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, to be born in a golden cradle, born to the rich and the proud and the powerful. 
But here Jesus comes and he's born to the lowly and the poor. So I want you to maybe hear this story a little bit differently this morning. Kind of focus on what it is that Christ comes to do for you. So let's read and I'm going to start at verse 8 and go through verse 20 this morning. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them, concerning this child and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them but mary treasured up all these things pondering them in her heart and the shepherds returned glorifying and praising god for all they heard and seen as it has been told them let's go to the lord in prayer heavenly father again as we come into your presence to a very familiar story lord we ask that you would make it new to us again may we with the shepherds be able to glorify and to praise you because you are the only one who is rightfully due that praise and glory. So Lord, be with us this Christmas season and help us to look more like our Savior today. For we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. So the first thing we're going to look at is that the shepherds had haste. Now they heard the word, they believed the word, and then they obeyed the word. And so the first thing they do is they hear the word. Now, again, the setting is is that the angels come and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And we talked about that a little bit last week. It is the presence of God. And in the Old Testament, it was found in a cloud. It was found in the the fire uh, as the people came out of Egypt. It is the, the, the overwhelming light that comes. It's the thing that Moses, when God, when he asked to see God and God puts him in the cleft of the rock and he goes past him, he says, you can see just simply the backside of me because it's so overwhelming. Because if you saw me, you would die. That's the glory that comes and shines around these shepherds. And so that's the setting. And so what they do is in the midst of this setting, they hear the proclamation of the angels. And I want you to hear this again. And it says, for to you is born this day, for it's good news of great joy, and it's for all the people. And Because in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. So this proclamation comes, and they hear this word. And I want you to pick up, there's something very specific. He says, born to you. Now, again, if you've ever gotten uh, announcements, baby announcements, and it, you know, we're living a day where we send things out for everything and we have parties for everything. But an announcement would have said, Hey, there's a child born to Chris and Andrea. This is how big he is. This is what his uh, length is. This is his weight, but it's the child that's born to Chris and to Andrea. It doesn't come. The angels don't come and say, this is the child born to Joseph and to Mary. 
He says, this child was born for you. And I want you to take that and make it very personal. That God gave his son for you. Not just for others, but for you as an individual. And so the the shepherds hear these words. And the, the first thing I want you to know, sorry, I'm not paying attention to my own thing. They believe the word. They actually believe, they hear it, but they actually believe it. Why do, why do I say that? Because they say, this is the thing that has happened. It's happened. They, they said, the Lord made it known to us. And so if the Lord made it known to us, then this has to happen. We, he's the one that we can trust. He's the one that we can truly believe in because he is always faithful. But aren't there, if we're honest, aren't there some obstacles? There's obstacles with inside of us. There's obstacles in regards to beliefs. I mean, I mean couldn't the, the, the shepherds have said, did that just really happen? Did you just see what I saw? What's going on here? Are we going crazy? Have we smelled too much sheep dung? What, what, what's going on? Or maybe there's, there's something in regards to the, the lifestyle that people don't believe. Or they struggle with Christ because it's like, hey, this is an area I don't want to give up. Some people, I, I don't want to give money to the church. Some people, I, I don't want to give up this lifestyle. But then there's others too. I even had a, a, a discussion with someone this past week. And it wasn't that there was something that they didn't want to give up. They just couldn't understand a God who would not give them a child. Or why would God give someone a sickness? Why do I have to deal with death? And so what they do is they become bitter. They become, they start to pile things up. They start to build the wall of, I'm not going to trust that God. But these shepherds heard the word and they believed the word. And when they believed the word, I want you to understand that they obeyed and they acted upon it. Now, why is this a big deal? Well, I want to tell you um, from James chapter 1, verses 22 through 25, it says this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. That's what we're supposed to do at church, isn't it? We hear the word, we believe the word, and then we act upon it. And so the angels come, they proclaim the word, the shepherds hear it, they believe it, and now they become doers of the word. Because they act upon it, they go. They're not, they're not sitting there arguing. They're not sitting there asking, what the heck is going on here? They go. And what happens is as they go, they begin to testify. Now, I want you to understand that, again, there should be a part of you that kind of goes, did did this really happen? (laughs) I mean, think about the the, the shepherds. I mean, are they asking the question, am I being punked? Am I being made fun of? Is is there a camera here that I don't know of? The glory of the Lord shines around them. They see angels in the sky. They give a proclamation that the Son of God is being born in a know-nothing place 
in a know-nothing town, lying in a manger. Am I being punked? But it says they believed and they went with haste. With haste. And so they, they, they go and it says that they found the child. Now, again, make this very real. Here you have stinky shepherds walking into Bethlehem and they start looking for a child, but a specific child, not just any baby, but they're saying, hey, where's the baby lying in the manger? Now, they probably had to experience other people in Bethlehem. We know it's overcrowded at this time because Mary and Joseph couldn't even find a room. So it's crowded, it's bustling in the city, and these stinky shepherds who reek, and if you've ever been around sheep, if you go to Northern Ireland with us, there's times where the sheep fields, the winds come blowing off of the ocean across the sheep fields, and you're just like, Bleh. Now, live in that. So they're reeking people, and they start to go around, and they're talking to people. Hey, do you know where there's a baby lying in a manger? What are you talking about? It's not here. They keep going. And they actually find the child. They searched and they found the child. Just like it was told to them. And as they found the child, what happens is they begin to make the news known. Now now think about this again. Um, what's going on? I mean, Mary and Joseph have this child. They're sitting in the stable. Their child is laying in a manger. And all of a sudden, all these stinky shepherd guys come in and they start standing around them. Wouldn't you go, uh, guys, what's going on here? Now, again, I know that in our society, I want you to get out of that because this is a very, it's a much more giving society. It's a society where, again, people could come into your home and sit along the walls and listen to stories when people um, who were great would come in and have dinner and stuff like that. Um, you're very much more open than we are. Again, we're a very closed society. If you are nice enough to, to wave when you close your garage door, you're a nice person. Okay, but we're, we're fences and garage doors and closed doors and stuff like that. I, so this is very odd to us. But here come these stinky shepherds and they come and they're sitting around this newborn child. Now we won't even bring our children out in the, in the uh, public area for weeks, right? Don't want them to get, catch cold, especially if it's our first child. We don't want anything to touch them. Don't touch my child. Don't look. By the fifth or sixth, you don't care. You're just like, here, take this child. I'm tired. Okay. But at this point, I mean, this is Mary and Joseph's first child lying in a manger. And again, these shepherds come. Now think of what's going on here. And so the shepherds come. They come inside. They're starting to talk to Mary and Joseph. And they tell them the story. And it's the angelic proclamation. Hey, we were out in our fields. And all of a sudden, an angel appeared to us. And they said, born this day is a Savior who is Jesus the Christ. And they told us this was going to be a sign. We were going to find you here. And the baby was going to be lying in a manger. And there he is. He's lying in a manger. It's true. Now, what do you think that did for Mary and Joseph? It says Mary pondered these things. Now, again, I'm making speculation here. And so this isn't found anywhere in the Word of God. But do you not think that Mary and Joseph kind of said, Hey, we had some angels too. Remember, Joseph could said, Hey, you know what? This, this isn't even my child. This is the Son of God. And I was going to, I could have had Mary stoned, 
But I, I was just wanted to divorce her. But an angel came to me and told me that this is the Son of God. And Mary could have chimed in and said, an angel spoke to me too. And, and an angel came to me and said, blessed am I. And she said, I'm going to be the one to chosen to have the Son of God. Can you, can you not imagine that conversation? Because again, if we talk about angels, and I know that there are people in here that have had experiences with angels and stuff like that, but it's, it's so uncommon that we're just kind of like, okay, an angel came to you, an angel spoke to you, you saw angels, what? But yet here they are in the midst of the manger, and they're telling stories of the good news that God has come to them. And so all they do, listen, if you have trouble talking about things, just repeat the truth. Listen, that, that's all they did. The shepherds were not learned men. They, they were the uneducated, lowly, but yet they could tell the story. They could repeat the story. See, the reality is, is that, again, God was here. God is here. Steve Brown, one of my professors, told when he was a pastor, um, he told this story. Um, he would preach the, the um, sermon, but he would have one guy uh, who was in the back, and he would listen to the sermon, and then what would happen, and he didn't know this, but he would go out, and he was an addict. And then he would go to all of his other addict friends, and he would repeat the sermon. And he would have a little church. Well, this little church actually grew to over 100 people. Coming and listen to one addict telling other addicts the truth of the gospel. You never know how God's going to use the word of God. Tell it. Repeat it. Tell everyone the good news of the gospel message. And then what happens is it says that the people began to wonder. Now, again, they start to tell everyone now, again, how do we do that? Well, usually for us, it's a trauma or there's some good news, right? But when we have those life-changing experiences, we want to tell everybody. I have seen every grandchild's photo of any, every member in this church. Why? Because everybody wants to, do you want to see? And what am I going to say? No, I don't want to see your grandkid. I could care less. No, I get to see all your grandchildren dressed up, color coordinated for all seasons of the year, every time. And I get to, to rejoice with you. Or we sell the, the, the tragedies. I mean, all of us who saw the Challenger blow up, we remember we talked about it. So here you have these shepherds who have a life changing experience begin to tell everyone Hey, do you know over here in Bethlehem, there's a child that was born and we found him lying in a major and an angel told us that that was going to be true. And he is the Messiah. Now, let's be honest. I believe that probably a lot of people were like, you're crazy. You're crazy. These are shepherds telling the story anyways. They can't be trusted. It's just another one of their stories. They've just been drinking too much. This can't be true. But we run into it in our day. How many people says, well, this is just illogical. Science is what you trust in. Science is what you believe in. Not that science doesn't make 
accusations not based on truth. Hmm. But we live in a day and an age where people believe that we're crazy, that we believe in a son of God who lived a perfect life, who gave his life as a ransom for us, died on the cross, and then rises again. Hmm. So he goes out, they preach the gospel. Some people think they're crazy, but listen, there are others who understand that it's good news. Do we recognize that sometimes truth comes from unlikely sources? Sometimes we just kind of blow it off. But you know what? I mean, for those who, uh, we've had a, um, a gentleman named Jerry, and he's homeless, and Hugh Evans puts him up on his property and stuff like that. And uh, Jerry's got a, a very imaginative um, um, way of looking at life and hearing things and stuff like that. But there is the reality that there are moments that, of truth that come out of that man's uh, um, his mouth. So do I just blow him off? Oh, it's just, just Jerry. Or do I listen for the truths of God? And so the shepherds come and they say, there was truth that was given to us. And it's not just blind faith. It's not blind faith. There's the faith to know that either our foundation is found in God and his word, or it's found in us alone. See, either the reality is either this is true or it's a fable. And if it's a fable, then we of all people are wasting our time. But if it is true, then give God all the glory. Because that's the reality of the response of the shepherds. So what do they do? They begin to praise. And I want you to understand that too. That what did the shepherds do after going and seeing this? Just after seeing this great life-changing experience, they went back to work. They just went back to work because that's what they were called to do. They were faithful to do what God asked them to do. Hey, go tell the story and go back to work. Go raise. Listen, they're still raising sheep for the sacrifice, but they have a greater understanding now. Because the reality is, these shepherds are going back and they're going to raise these sheep. But now they have seen the perfect sacrifice. And they go back and what are they doing? They're going back glorifying and praising God. And I want you to see, Jesus now is the object of their celebration. He's the object. They're giving glory and honor. It's Psalm 100 that Jim read for us. Listen to these words again. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations they're giving praise to jesus because he is the object but he's also the subject of the proclamation we have seen our messiah they had seen him the thing that they were told was true they saw it and they saw listen they got to see the son of god don't you long for that 
long for that day where we're going to be in God's presence and we get to see Jesus face to face and we don't have to hide our eyes. We don't have to be put in a cleft of a rock. We get to be in his presence and just be exposed to all of his glory and honor. No more does he have to be covered. And so they're going around, they're praising and they're glorifying him because they know in reality that Jesus is one day going to be that perfect sacrifice. He's going to the cross. See, we celebrate Jesus' birthday, December 25th, and for us it's wintertime. The reality is it's probably Jesus was not born during this time. Most scholars think he was born in the springtime. But the reality is when he was born, he was born to be a sacrifice and probably a little bit closer to the day of Yom Kippur. Not on Yom Kippur, but closer to the Yom Kippur. And Yom Kippur, for those who don't know, is this is a day of atonement. It was the one day that where the priest, the high priest, went in and he made atonement for all the sins of the people and himself. And then they have the scapegoat. And they lay, and so they sacrifice one for the sins of the people, and then they send the scapegoat out. And so Yom Kippur is the holiest day for Jewish people. And again, I want you to understand that Jesus is, is born in an area and living in an area where, again, Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac. It's the place where, where the, the people and the sacrifices are brought continually in the temple area. Jesus is going to become that one perfect sacrifice. And again, for Yom Kippur, it's the, it's the holy day. So it says, um, the Jewish people say this, they dedicate our mind, body, and soul to reconciliation with God. And then fellow, reconciliation with fellow human beings and then ourselves. Isn't that what the Lord's table is? It's a sign of the truth of reconciliation between us and God. Us and fellow man and ourselves to understand that we have the righteousness of God with us. And why can that be true? Because we have Emmanuel. God with us. And again, listen, there, there are lots of babies born all over the world. But there was something special about that one at that moment. Because it was the Son of God come in human flesh. James and I had a, a good talk last night and um, we were talking about what is it, the struggles of being selfish and wanting all the gifts for us and why do we have, you know, why do we have to stay up late and make this candy for people here at church and why do we have to do this? And it was just like, what's the example that Jesus gave? Again, Jesus could have come and, and been the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords here on earth and never, never once touched our lives. Luther said this, if Jesus came as that conquering King in the special uh, golden cradle, he said, that would have been okay, but it never would have touched my life. Jesus comes as a lowly. He humbles himself. And that's what he did for us. He came for us. To let us know that the Emmanuel, God, is with us. So how do we respond? We look for his return. Are you, are you truly looking for the return of Jesus Christ? Are you just like, Jesus, you know, I've got a lot of things on my plate. I've got a lot of things going. I've got grandkids who are coming. I need to get my kids married. I need to do all these kind of things. Can you wait a few minutes or decades I get it. 
But the reality is, is we should be longing for the day of Jesus' return. Because what he says is he says, I lay down my life for my sheep. He's laid down his life, but he also says, I'm coming back for my bride. So as we've gone through this Christmas season, this Advent season, we're coming to the Lord's table. And again, it's us hearing the word, believing the word, and acting on the word. Because the light was promised and it was fulfilled. It was pondered and thought about in awe and wonder. It was proclaimed in the heavens and proclaimed here on earth. And so now let us respond with praise and worship, giving all glory and honor to our King. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, sometimes a very simple story for even shepherds to understand. And Father, I'm so grateful that you came to the lowly, not to the powerful. Lord, that you came to include all nations, all tribes, all tongues to come and worship you and not just the elite. Lord, you came to shame the wise, to rip apart man's knowledge, to give us the faith of a child. So, Father, during especially these next couple days, as we come and we celebrate and we rip open presents and we eat big meals, spend time with family, loved ones, and friends, Lord, may we never miss the greatness of the gospel story. Or that we would look deeper, maybe a little bit into our manger scenes. Or maybe we'd tell the Christmas story, the greatest story, once again to one another and to everyone who has ears. Heavenly Father, let us glorify and honor you this Christmas season. This we pray in Christ's name. Amen.